This is I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. The following is a recent Sunday morning message given by Pastor Robert Brown. Glory to God. Amen. So here we go. Hallelujah with our word today. Hallelujah. We're going to be coming out of Matthew 24 and 37. Amen. Uh, here the apostles were speaking to Jesus about the temple and how glorious it was. And then Jesus went into this, uh, what's the word I want to use? Hallelujah. He went into this elegant yet uh, sober uh, explanation of how the sign of the times will be at the end. Hallelujah. As he speaks to his apostles and all those that are in the audience, he's here in Jerusalem. Hallelujah during this time. This is soon before his Passion Week. All right. So here we go. Reading from Matthew 24, verse 37 to 39. I'm reading the New Living Translation. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, when the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time of Noah entered his boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. That is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. Next slide, next verse, please. Verse 40 says, two men will be working in the field. One will be taken, the other left. And two women will be grinding flour at the mill. One will be taken, the other left. Saints of God, we live in the end times. This is, this is what God has been communicating to me, amen, and maybe to some of you about what is happening in the world. Now, once again, no man knows the time or the hour. We, we don't know, amen, hallelujah, but we are living in the times, the signs of uh, uh, social injustice, of racism, of war and rumor of wars, of the uh, COVID pandemic, although it is, seems to be winding down, amen, hallelujah. These are perilous times that we live in, hallelujah. But God wants his people to know something about these times and about their status with him, hallelujah. And that will be our message today, amen, hallelujah. Next slide, please. Hallelujah, that God has not appointed us to wrath. God has not, hallelujah, deemed us that we would suffer wrath. Wrath of his judgment, wrath of the end times. Hallelujah. That in Christ we are secure in him. You know, man has an idea of what will happen to him. We have sci-fi movies where aliens are invading and destroying the earth. Where some meteor would come out of nowhere and destroy the earth. And man has all these kind of rockets and all these kind of lasers and things like that that man thinks he's going to save himself. Hallelujah. But our salvation is only in one person. That is in Jesus Christ. But for you and I, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we were not appointed for wrath let me say this again we were not appointed for wrath there's some of us amen that still believe that we're going to hell although we're saved and this is a teaching that has been in the church to try it, a it was a lack of understanding and a lack of proper interpretation of scripture and it's also a teaching to manipulate people to behave themselves. But one thing that God said to me recently, you can't make a grown person do whatever. You can't make a grown person do what you want them to do. Grown people are going to do what they want to do. Amen. Hallelujah. God doesn't even make grown people do what they want to do. We've been given the free will. And hopefully we've used our free will to choose Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. But I'm here to tell you today, and we will, you know me, amen, there will be some scriptural evidence that we are not appointed to wrath. We are not to fear these end times. We are not to lose hope during these end time events. Hallelujah. 
if you have been fearful, if the enemy's been messing with you, or if wrong doctrine has been so, uh, uh, so ingrained in who you are as a Christian, amen, hallelujah, you could be fearful right now. You could be still trying to earn your way to heaven. And if we could earn our way to heaven, why did Christ die for us? Why did he waste his time? We could just earn our way. Hallelujah. So with that said, help me to pray. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father God, we come before in the matchless name of Jesus. And once again, you've given me a task that is far, far too great for me. Father, you are the preacher. You are the teacher. Preach today. Teach today. Have your way in your people today. Nourish your people today like never before. Nourish them to overflowing. And we won't fail to give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor because you do all things well. Have your way in your word today. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. God's not appointed us to wrath. And I know I'm stepping on some people's theologies today, amen, because you have used and have been taught that we need to scare the young people. Or we need to scare young Christians. Or we need to scare those Christians that are acting up into acting right. So that they're not left behind. There was a movie called Left Behind. Because if you ain't acting right, if you ain't ready when Jesus gets here, you might be left behind. Now let me say this about this scripture, Matthew 24. Hallelujah. The book of Matthew was written by one of the apostles named Matthew. And he wrote the book to a Jewish audience. He did not write the book to the Christian church. How do you know? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. This was his intent. Amen. Hallelujah. This is what he was trying to minister to the Jews. Amen. So some of the wording in Matthew 24 and 25, amen, does not apply to the church. Matthew was not writing to the church. My God. So we're, we're going to look at some examples of how God's people are not appointed to wrath. Amen. Next slide, please. The days of Noah. Jesus himself mentioned Noah in Matthew 24. So we can trust the events of uh, Noah and the flood. Amen. Next, next slide. Next verse, please. We're coming out of Noah 613. This happens after the incursion of the angels to try to mar the bloodline that led to Jesus. Amen. They started taking human women as wives. Some refer to them as the watchers. The watchers. Some, they, uh, the, uh, they refer to as 200 angels that came and married human wives. All right. The earth became a place of violence there. And the bloodline had become corrupted. The genealogy had been corrupted. But Noah was found... Uh, righteous in his generation. In other words, his bloodline, his genealogy, his DNA was not impacted by this angelic incursion. He was pure human. Hallelujah. So with that said, let's see what God said to Moses here in Genesis 6.13. He says, and God said unto Noah, I said Moses, Let's see what God says to Noah here in Genesis 6.13. And God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark. We're going to come back to this word ark. Of gopher wood. And room shalt thou make in the ark. And shalt pitch it within and without, with pitch. We're going to come back and visit this word pitch as well. Hallelujah. We're talking about that we're not appointed to wrath. And we're looking at the story of Noah right now. Hallelujah. Next slide, next slide and next verse will be Genesis 6, 6, 7, 16. And they went in, speaking of Noah and his wife and his sons and his son's wives. So eight souls went into the, the ark. Went in male and female and all flesh. Talking about all the animals as well. And God had commanded him. And the Lord shut him in. He didn't shut himself in. 
His sons didn't shut him in. His wife didn't shut him in. His, his daughters-in-law didn't shut him in. But the Lord shut them in to the ark. Kind of like how we're shut into Christ. And the flood was 40 days upon the earth and the waters increased and bare up the ark and it was lifted up above the earth. The ark was lifted above the earth. And the waters prevailed and were increased greatly upon the earth. And the ark went upon the face of the waters. So it was above the waters of judgment that God had sent upon the earth. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. Let's look at this word ark. Now, this slide was provided, amen. I, 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 it was sourced from, I should say, from the teachings of John Costick, amen. And I left his link there on the slide, amen. But, hallelujah, the Hebrew spelling of ark, amen, is the Hebrew letter tav, bet, and hey. And tav means covenant or cross. And bet means tent or house. And hey means revelation or behold or grace. If you put these three letters, these three Hebrew letters together, amen, and the English pronunciation would be tabah, amen, hallelujah. But if you put these three Hebrew letters together, amen, it would be covenant house revealed. The ark represented the new covenant that God would make with mankind, hallelujah, through the death and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. The ark was a type of Christ that Noah and his seven family members were shut in by God like we are shut in to Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And even if Noah fell inside the boat or his family members fell inside the boat, they were still in the boat above the waters. And they did not suffer wrath. This is pointing to us. Hallelujah. Glory to God, the church. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Next slide, please. Let's look at this word pitch. This word pitch, amen. God told Noah to pitch, to put pitch on the inside and outside of the ark. Now, this word pitch in the Hebrew is a word kafar, and it means to cover over, pacify, make propitiation, which means act pleasing to God, act of pleasing, appeasing God, excuse me. It means to make an atonement, to cleanse, forgive, be merciful, pacify, pardon, amen, hallelujah. God, in essence, was, was pointing forward to Christ and his blood when he was communicating with Noah to put the pitch on the outside and the inside of the ark, hallelujah. The ark pointed forward to the cross of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Saints, we are not appointed for wrath. And the eight souls in the ark, hallelujah, eight stands in the Bible for new beginning, amen, that they would have a new beginning in Christ. Saints, we have a new beginning in Christ. We're not appointed for wrath. We're not appointed for wrath. Should we live holy? Yes, it's a healthy lifestyle. It's a lifestyle that lines up with God. It shows, hallelujah, how much we have a love and a passion for God. Love is action, not a feeling. A lot of times as Christians, we have a passion for God, but we don't demonstrate love for God. So living a holy lifestyle is demonstrating an outward love for God. But thank God, hallelujah, his love for us is not based on our outward performance for him. God understands our weakness. And he left his heavenly abode to come down and rescue us. And he gave us pictures in the Old Testament to point what his son would do at the cross. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Next slide, please. Righteous Lot. I did a message about this several months ago. Righteous Lot. In 2 Peter 2 and 7, the Amplified Version, Peter refers to Lot as righteous. And he says, and if, if he rescued righteous Lot 
who was tormented by the immoral conduct of unprincipled and godly men. Now we know that Lot had his issues. And, and Lot wanted to live around the people of Sodom. And it's kind of like a Christian, amen, hallelujah, who enjoys being around sin. Let's just be honest. Sometimes we like to kind of be on the balancing beam. And I want to I play a little bit with sin. I want to be around sin. Amen. Hallelujah. Yet God called him righteous. And yet we are still righteous. Because righteousness is not, hallelujah, something we earn. But it's something we received as a gift. According to Romans 5.17. It's not saying God was happy with Lot's choices. Amen. Hallelujah. But because of his connection with with Abraham and his belief, amen, in Yahweh or the almighty God, hallelujah, the creator of heaven and earth, amen, he was considered righteous. Next slide, please. Let's look at Lot's situation. Genesis 19, 12 through 13. I'm reading from the King James Version. This is the account of Lot being rescued. It says, and the men said unto Lot, house there, and these men were angels. Hast thou here any besides, son-in-law, and thy sons, and thy daughters, and whatsoever thou hast in, thy, in the city, bring them out of this place? For we will destroy this place, because of the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord hath sent us to destroy it. So some crazy stuff, some crazy behavior was going on in Sodom. And I could have a whole message about what was going on in Sodom, but I'm not, going to, I'm not going to labor in that point right now. Hallelujah. So let's jump over to Genesis 19.22. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. And this is the angel speaking to uh, Lot. They say, haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou come thither. God's angels could not destroy Sodom until Lot got out. By the same token, God cannot bring judgment upon the earth until we, as the people of God, get out. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Oh, y'all don't believe me. Hallelujah. You think you're going to be here during the, the wild, crazy stuff. I'm not going to be here. I'm going to, hey, see ya. And I'm going to look over, and you're going to be there right next to me. Surprised. Like, I can't believe I'm out of here. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zoar. Let's go to uh, Genesis 19.29. And it says, and it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow. So he's going to send us out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot dwelt. We're not going to be here. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He is consistent. Amen. He has shown us in his word that he's going to get us out of here before his judgment. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. Drawn out. We're going to be drawn out from amongst them. Next slide, please. We're coming out of Exodus 1.22. This is the story of Moses. All right. Now, we know that through the story of Joseph that all the children of Israel, amen, those 70 souls, amen, were brought into Egypt, which was the most powerful nation of the world at, time, at that time. And we were placed in the best of the land in Goshen. Hallelujah. But after a while, amen, they rose up a pharaoh who did not know Joseph and did not appreciate the growing population of the Israelites. And thus... There was an edict put out by this pharaoh to kill all the male children. Hmm. So let's see what happens here. Exodus 1.22. And Pharaoh charged all his people saying, Every son that is born ye shall cast into the river, and every daughter ye shall save alive. Next verse we're going to go to is Exodus 2 and 1. Next slide, please. 
And there went out a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could not, lo- when she could not longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and dabbed it with slime and with pitch. And put the child therein, and she laid it in the flags of the river's bank. So she put this child into an ark representing Christ with pitch representing his his blood being shed for our sins, appeasing the wrath of God against us as believers. Next slide we're going to go to is Exodus 2 and 10. And it says, and the child grew and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. And she called him his name Moses. And she said, because I drew him out of water. Amen. We know the, the name Moses or Moshe. Hallelujah. It means drawing out. We will be drawn out of this world. Like Moses was. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Saints, let me tell you something. We weren't appointed for wrath. We weren't appointed for wrath. Amen. Next slide, please. The Red Sea. Oh, you know where I'm going with this one. Hallelujah. This is the account. Amen. The children of Israel. Now, let me say this. Not everyone, not every Christian, not every scholar believes in a pre-tribulation rapture of the church. And one of the arguments against the pre-tribulation rapture of the church is that God will keep us in the world and put us in some type of Goshen. All right. And the um, the 10 plagues are compared to the plagues of the book of Revelation. But there's there's an issue with this thinking. Amen. The children of Israel were freed once the blood was put over the doorposts, which pointed to the future death of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now you and I know that Christ died already 2,000 years ago. So that symbolism, that, that Passover, amen, that the Jews still celebrate today, which they should, amen, hallelujah, which is symbolic of Christ's death on the cross, hallelujah, happened already for us, hallelujah, glory to God. So we don't have any cross to look forward to it's happened already hallelujah glory to god and notice after the passover the people were freed so we are after the passover we are after the cross hallelujah so that uh analogy between uh the the 10 plagues of israel and the church staying here through the tribulation is not consistent because the cross already happened Anyway, let's get into our verse. Amen. Next slide is Exodus 14, 1, 14, 13, excuse me. And it says, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, as the, the armies of the most powerful nation in the world were coming after the children of Israel, this, this million or so people, hallelujah. And Moses says, Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Hallelujah. We're going to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today for the Egyptians whom you have seen today you shall see them again no more forever the Lord shall fight for you who's fighting for themselves please stop and you shall hold your peace matter of fact he's gonna fight for us and he told us to hold our peace that's for all of us that's for me too Let's go over to the next slide, which is Exodus 14, 21. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land. My God. And the waters were divided, and the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground. This is a type of rapture. And the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued 
and went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all of Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. So the most powerful army in the world at that time was pursuing the children of Israel through the Red Sea. We're going to jump over. Our next verse is Exodus 14:27. Next slide, please. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea after the children of Israel had gone through already. And the sea returned his strength when the morning appeared and the Egyptians fled against it. And the Lord overthrew the Egyptians, which is symbolic of the world of sin and, and sla slavery and bondage. Hallelujah. In the midst of the sea and the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them, but the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore and Israel saw the great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians and the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses they were raptured before the judgment See, the reason the earth is three-fourths water right now is because of the flood of Moses and the flood of Moses came because of the incursion of the angels who tried to um, mar the bloodline that would lead to Jesus so water here is seen as judgment upon the Egyptians. Yet the Israelites or the people of God were saved from judgment. They were not a perfect people. We know they'd go on to complain about Moses. And we know that the first generation didn't make it into the promised land. But at that point, they were still under grace. Why? The law hadn't been given yet. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's a whole nother subject. Amen. Now we're going to get even deeper, y'all. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. The words of Christ to the church at Philadelphia. Now we know that Christ spoke, had John write to these seven churches in Philadelphia. And say to my argument to you today is that Christ was preparing his church now, we know that this happened in history, these seven churches, amen, but it is a, uh, something we can draw inspiration from, from teaching from, that these are the things how he wants his church to be before his return for us and the coming judgment, and I'm going to demonstrate it to you in Scripture, amen. So next slide, please. We're coming out of Revelation 3 and 10. I'm reading from the Amplified Version, amen, and this is Christ speaking to the church at Philadelphia. We know Philadelphia means brotherly love, so he was pleased with this church. This is the second to last church. Laodicea was after them. Hallelujah. And it says, because you have kept the word of my endurance, my command to persevere, I will keep you safe from the hour of trial. I will keep you safe from the hour of trial. I believe this to be a reference to the judgment, the tribulation time. Let's continue to read. That hour which is about to come on the whole inhabited world. There's another clue that this is the tribulation. This trial, this hour of trial on the whole inhabited world. To test those who live on earth. I am coming quickly. This is a reference to the rapture. Hold tight what you have so that no one will take your crown by leading you to renounce the faith. He who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the Son of God, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. He will most certainly never put, put out, he will certainly never be put out of it. This is a reference to our place in Christ. We will never be put out of it. My God. 
And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which descends out of heaven from my God and my own new name. He who has an ear, let him hear and heed what the spirit says to the churches. Although this happened, the events that of the seven churches happened some 2,000 years ago, we as the modern day church can draw inspiration from it. Hallelujah. Of Christ wanting his church to be in a good position before his return. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. The events that will take place after the church age. We live in the church age. From Pentecost to now is the church age. The church started when the Holy Ghost came and filled those 120 believers in the upper room. That's when the church started. Hallelujah. The called out ones, the ecclesia. That's what church means in Greek. So events that will take place after the church age. All right. Now... Let's keep in mind Christ, through the writings of John, just spoke to the seven churches. Now let's, let's, let's listen to the context or the transition that happens in the next verse. So next slide, please. This is Revelation 4.1. After this... So after... Christ had me write to these churches. After this, I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I had heard, like the sound of a war trumpet, speaking with me, said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after these things. After I spoke to the church and after the church is raptured and taken away. My God. We're looking at uh, uh, literary context here. After. Spoken to the seven churches. But now after. Next slide, please. Next verses. We're going to look at three verses to try to back up this point. This is Revelation 5 and 1. I'm reading from the Amplified Version, all three verses. This is John saying, I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written on the inside and on the back, closed and sealed with seven seals. Now, let's think of seals in the old world as wax that kept something closed that wanted to be closed. Now, we use the little glue on our envelopes now to do that but they didn't have that they had like wax that we called seals so this scroll was kept closed by seven wax seals all right next verse here is revelation 5 5 so we see god father god sitting on the throne with a with a scroll they didn't have books it was not a book per se but the information was written on a scroll so we know Father God sitting on the throne. Revelation 5, 5 says, Then one of the 24 elders said to me, Stop weeping. Because the, the, the context here is that no one was found worthy to open the seal, the scroll with the seals on it. It says, Look closely. The line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome and conquered. He can open the scroll and break the seven seals. So here we see Jesus opening the scroll and breaking the seals. We're headed somewhere. Hallelujah. Last verse on this slide, Revelation 6, 1 and 2. Still the amplified version. And John writes, And I saw the Lamb, Christ, broke one of the seven seals of the scroll, initiating the judgments. And I heard one of the four living creatures call out as with a voice of thunder, Come! I looked and behold a white horse of victory whose rider carried a bow and a crown of victory was given to him and he rode forth conquering and to conquer. Saints, my argument to you is that the events here of the opening of the seals 
uh, of the scroll, which represent the onset of the tribulation, hallelujah, happened after Christ spoke to his churches through John. Hallelujah. Now research this for yourself. Study the scriptures for yourself. Just don't take my word for it. Don't take my perspective on it. Look at it for yourself. I encourage you. Because this is too important. Not for you to investigate for yourself. I encourage the young people to do the same. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But we're going to end on this one. Hallelujah. Next slide. God has not appointed us to wrath. We're going to look at the words of Paul to the church at Thessalonica. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 4. This is Paul talking to the church at Thessalonica. And he says, Now as to the times and dates, brothers and sisters, you have no need for anything to be written to you. For you yourselves know perfectly well that the day of the return of the Lord is coming just as a thief comes unexpectedly and suddenly in the night. While they are saying peace and safety, all is well and secure. That's what the world is saying. Oh, we're getting back to normal. Getting past the COVID. Things will get back to normal. We will build the perfect society. Oh, elections are coming up. Let's vote these new people into office. The world will become perfect now. There will be peace. There'll be an end of racism. There'll be an end of war. There'll be an end of rape. All these things will just magically go away because we will make it happen that way. Just go to Disney because it'll be a magical place what the world is saying and this is Paul predict they would say then in a moment unforeseen destruction will come upon them suddenly like labor pains on a woman with child and they will absolutely not escape they will absolutely not escape they that third person pronoun they For there will be no way to escape the judgment of the Lord. But you, but you, believers, all who believe in Christ as Savior and acknowledge him as God's sons, are not in spiritual darkness, nor held by its power, that the day of judgment would overtake you by surprise like a thief, like it's not going to happen to you. It's not going to just sneak up on you like you had no knowledge of Christ's, re Christ's return. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. Next verse. 1 Thessalonians 5, 5 right now. For you are all sons of light and sons of day who do not belong to the night nor to, the dark nor to darkness. So then let us not sleep in spiritual indifference. Excuse me for a second, guys. Let me put this on. All right. So then let us not sleep in spiritual indifference as the rest of the world does, but let us keep wide awake, alert, and cautious, and let us be sober, self-controlled, calm, and wise. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who are drunk, get drunk at night. Next slide, next verse, please. 1 Thessalonians 5, 8. But since we believers belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope and confident assurance of salvation. The hope and confident assurance. We should be confident about our salvation. Of salvation. For God. Now the King James says for God has not appointed us a wrath. But the uh, Amplified says for God has not destined us to incur his wrath. That is he did not select us to condemn us. But to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Who died willingly for us. So that whether we are awake, alive, or asleep, dead, at Christ appearing, we will live together with him, sharing eternal life. Therefore, encourage and comfort one another and build up one another just as you are doing. God's not appointing us for wrath, y'all. You should be comforted by this. 
You should not be in fear. You should not be in worry. You should not be in concern. And listen also, amen, your loved ones that died in Christ, hallelujah, glory to God, absent from the body, present with the Lord. They're not suffering right now. And guess, guess what? We will have an eternal relationship with them at their best point. Because <laughs> all those personality flaws and all that will have melted away. Hallelujah. My wife's going to get the best of me. Hallelujah. We, our relationship will be changed, but she'll know me the best of me and not those flawed parts of me for all eternity. We're not appointed for wrath. Let's, let's, let's make some logical conclusions here. Why would God go through the trouble of saving us by sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross and then punish us with judgment? Why would God waste having his son come and die for us where we could just lose it? Lose our salvation real easy. Now, the great falling away from the church, I believe, are those that are faking and shaking in the church. Who, the seed was not planted in good soil. But that they were there, but it was, eh, you know, I'm still doing my thing. I'm not really saved. I, you know, I'm in church, but I'm kind of playing. I'm like half in, half out. But those of us who have embraced Christ fully, we're not appointed for wrath. We won't be here. Hallelujah. If this is not the case, then the scriptures are in contradiction. If God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son to whosoever, whosoever, whosoever believe of him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Yet we can lose it or we'll be judged while we're here on the earth, then there's a contradiction going on. And finally, what lesson can you learn if God kills you? Th there's no opportunity to learn from that lesson and better yourself. What, what, what lesson is there? We're not appointed for wrath. Let me close on this last slide. This is a pictorial overview of Pentecost to the second coming of Christ. I don't know how big it looks on your screen here. Amen. But it starts at Pentecost with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Was poured out upon all flesh. Amen. Hallelujah. In this case, the 120 in the upper room. And then it spread to others that embraced Christ as their Lord and Savior. In the middle, amen, we see the rapture of the church, amen. After the worldwide evangelism, we see the rapture of the church when the full number of the Gentiles has come in, as the scripture says. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Beyond that, amen, hallelujah, is the Antichrist and the tribulation period. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And then the battle of Armageddon, amen. Hallelujah. And then Jesus' second coming, amen, to destroy the Antichrist, to, to lock Satan up in chains, amen, hallelujah, and to overcome the false prophet. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. As I've demonstrated to you today, the scripture tells us that he takes his people away before the bad stuff really happens. We're going through some bad stuff now, but this is kind of like the children of Israel going through it in Egypt during those plagues. Amen. Hallelujah. Then we had the Passover, which represents the cross. Amen. Hallelujah. And after the cross, they were set free. Hallelujah. And then beyond that, they got through the Red Sea. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We've been set free because of the cross. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And we're going to get through our Red Sea. We're going to be raptured. And the promised land represents heaven. Amen. At least for the children of Israel. Amen. And for us. Hallelujah. We are not appointed to wrath. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Be comforted with.
these words. Amen. It's a lot of craziness that is happening around us. We got to keep our eyes on Jesus. Listen, I watch the news like you do. I read news articles like you do. I am informed. I am not walking around uninformed. Amen. But with all that being said, my eyes are on Jesus. And I am at peace knowing that he's coming back to get me. He's coming back to get you. And that I am and you are eternal beings that will be with the Lord forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Listen, hallelujah. You've heard this message today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And this is not me trying to be hard on you, but really sharing with you the reality of what's happening. You are appointed for judgment outside of embracing Christ as your Lord and Savior. I want you to really think about it this way. Hallelujah. Each of you have won the lottery, but you don't realize that you have the winning ticket. And that is through Jesus Christ. That you could avoid all this, hallelujah, the, 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 the coming judgment, the tribulation period, the day of the Lord, all these things. You can avoid all that through Jesus Christ. You cannot be good enough to go to heaven through your own works. It's through Jesus. He died, took all your imperfections, all your shortcomings, all your personality flaws. He took it upon himself was punished for your sins, for my sins, and then rose the third day as the evidence that Father God accepted his death, his being punished at the cross as suitable and appeasing payment for all of mankind's sins. So you have an opportunity today if you have not yet embraced Jesus as your Lord and Savior to do so right now if you join me in this prayer, to avoid the coming judgment, to avoid the so-called aliens and the, the meteors and all these things that we've seen in sci-fi that man knows is coming in his conscience. And he, he shares that through movies and all sorts of media because within him, he knows what's coming. If you want to avoid all that, amen, please say these words with me. And enter into covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ or agreement, binding agreement with the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, brother pastor, I'm scared of commitment. Listen, it's better for you to be scared of judgment than scared of commitment to the Lord. He will help you live the life that he would like you to live. So the burden's on him. You just have to allow him to do it. So if that's you, say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Please forgive me of all sins, transgressions, and iniquities. I believe that you died for my sins, my imperfections. I believe that you rose from the third day, which was the evidence that Father God accepted your death as full payment for my sins. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. My friends, if you said that prayer and you said it sincerely, you are now not appointed for wrath you won't be here during the tribulation period you won't be here when the so-called aliens and the meteors come which is really the angels that God uses to unleash the wrath upon the earth for those who've rejected his son Jesus Christ hallelujah welcome to the family of God hallelujah hallelujah listen take me to the offering slide please listen if you would like Messages like this, encouraging messages, comforting messages, teaching messages, things that open up our understanding and our theology and our understanding of eschatology, which is the end time events, the study of end time events. Amen. You would like this to continue. Please, ma'am, please, sir, please invest in the Living Waters Christian Center. We live on earth and with this earthly system, we still need monies, this filthy lucre to be able to operate, unfortunately, during this time. Amen. So we need your help. Amen. So you can make an investment. You can tithe. You can offer. You can make a donation to the Living Waters Christian Center in three ways. First way, you can give on our online website. Amen. You can give at LWCC Grace.
dot dot org forward slash donations and there you can make a donation to the church if you have a church home already please don't tithe to us your tithe belongs to your local church amen you can give us a donation we reserve your tithes for your local church amen if this is considered your church please tithe to us a tithe jesus was tithed unto us and got a great harvest of saints and believers amen hallelujah we in response tithe back unto god amen we give a tenth of what we bring into our households amen back to god hallelujah this is not law this is a principle that we saw through abraham hallelujah this is a principle that god tithed amen so therefore we should tithe amen hallelujah not a law hallelujah and if it's not a revelation to you don't engage in it amen hallelujah glory to god because there'll be no benefit but as you believe in those things hallelujah that god tithed unto us and that uh, and abraham tithed unto melchizedek amen hallelujah then please man please sir tithe if you've considered this your church amen hallelujah the second way if you feel uncomfortable with giving on our online website you can mail in your donation to living waters christian center p.o box 115 amityville new york 11701. Once again, that's Living Waters Christian Center, P.O. Box 115, Amityville, New York, 11701. And the third way, you can come and join us, amen, in person to Living Waters Christian Center and donate, hallelujah, for the support of the gospel, for the support of the church of Jesus Christ, hallelujah, that we can continue to share messages and have church and gather together and be strengthened and comforted together. Hallelujah, as God would have us. You can come in person and give in person. Amen. We are following safe guidelines. Amen. We even have an overflow room. Hallelujah. If you'd like to join us and we'd love to see you. And you can worship with us. Amen. From 11 to 1130. Amen. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let me pray over these offerings. Father God, we thank you for the seed you've given us. We sow it for the upkeep and expansion of your kingdom. We sow it because we love you. Let our investment in the Living Waters Christian Center bring some 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100-fold, some a million-fold return back unto us that we are blessed to be a blessing, that we are blessed to continue to support the spread and preaching of the gospel. We thank you and praise you today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. This is the greatest investment you can make. Amen. Even greater than the stock market. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you've been blessed. Hallelujah. You might have been a little scared at some point, but I hope you overall been blessed by the message. Be encouraged. We're not appointed to wrath. God loves you. He sent your son, his son to die in your place. Hallelujah. Your, his son suffered wrath. Amen. At the cross. Hallelujah. So that you and I would not have to. So we thank you for joining us. We'll be back at 1130 again next week. Happy Father's Day to all our fathers once again. Be blessed. Hallelujah. Be well. We love you. Take care. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us at I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. We hope the message blessed you and unveiled the love of Christ to you in a greater way. God bless.